Welcome to Lesson Impossible, an exploration of educational innovation. I'm your host, Aviva Levin. As always, I'm chatting with educators of all types who are on the forefront of pedagogy or making effective changes to old practices. Your lesson, should you choose to accept it, is to consider a new resource, iCivics, a collection of online games and lesson plans to help students engage with American civics. The resource specialist assigned to help you with this task is Carrie Ray Hill. Welcome to another installment of the Meet the Resources series, where I feature the educational equivalent of gecko gloves, smart contacts, or flute guns. Technology that has been created to make your impossible lessons actually possible. A reminder that Lesson Impossible receives no compensation for featuring resources, just the satisfaction of knowing that somewhere a student might be more engaged in their learning, or a teacher might be able to leave work a little bit earlier. John F. Kennedy said that the ignorance of one voter in a democracy impairs the security of all. The K-12 education system has been charged with imparting the knowledge needed to preserve democracy, a task that, on occasion, has kept me up at night, and teachers look to a variety of resources to make sure that this important information makes its way to students in a memorable manner. While for certain generations, the schoolhouse rock song, I'm Just a Bill, is a treasured memory, today's teachers have access to dynamic resources such as iCivics which has already been used by 200,000 teachers and over 5 million students in all 50 states. I recently spoke to Carrie Rahill about iCivic's mission, helping teachers prepare for the 2020 election, adapting materials for distance learning, and how interactive games keep students engaged. And for listeners who want to know more about game-based learning, as well as gamification, Make sure to subscribe to Lesson Impossible on your podcasting app so that you can be notified about next week's episode with Agent Batsheva Frankel. Finally, just before we begin my interview with Carrie, and in the spirit of civics in general, I want to share with you another wonderful JFK quote. Mothers all want their sons to grow up to be president, but they don't want them to become politicians in the process. All right. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for joining me and the listeners on another Mini Meter Resource episode where we're meeting the resource that is iCivics. And I was wondering if you didn't mind starting off by just explaining who you are and what iCivics is. Sure. I'm super happy to be here. Uh, my name is Carrie Rahill. I'm the Senior Director of Digital Learning at iCivics. And iCivics itself is this really fun, great, free resource to teachers. I always have to say free before I say anything else. But we focus on middle and high school civics curriculum. Got about 275 lesson plans, 20 video games, which is kind of our special sauce, and other digital learning tools to kind of liven up uh, civics and government classes as much as possible. Um, I've been there for 10 years this year. And before that, I was a teacher in middle school and high school, civics, government, English, that kind of stuff in both St. Louis and Washington, D.C. So I had one of your other employees, Amber Coleman-Wortley, on uh, talking about your Equity and Civics Youth Fellowship. And one of the things that she mentioned, which 
has really, really got my brain thinking a little bit, which is just that, how do you even define civics? Like what is <laughs> civics? And so I was curious it, at iCivics, how, how do you define it? Like what's your scope? That's a great question. To a degree, um, we kind of looked at the state standards and how they define it because that's a requirement placed upon teachers in the classroom. But that's really just a starting point. So if you think about like the structures and functions of government, right, the three branches, voting, rights and responsibilities, the Constitution, kind of all of the, you know, you'd see in a government class. What we also we define civics additionally as kind of the context around those moments and those procedures and those protocols and, you know, how a bill becomes a law pieces. And then we also really look at this as how to create students that are engaged in civics. In other words, see themselves as civic actors that feel empowered, that have agency and don't just see like voting or civics as something to worry about once you've turned 18 you know, empowerment and agency is huge, which is really why our games are kind of so popular because, I mean, I can lecture you about the lawmaking process for a day and make you yawn. Ooh, can't wait. I know, right? And then I could also say, okay, fine, here's a little spreadsheet, you know, whatever. Here's like a process piece. But why don't we just play the game where you're the lawmaker and you're going to have to run into pushback from the other party. You're going to have to run into... Uh, amendments. You're going to have to get it passed through your chamber and, oh, you did all this work and now you've got the Senate to answer to, you know? So it's kind of like, it throws you in the action. I feel like there's this, been this evolution in education where the focus has gone from studying to being an active member. Like you're not studying biology. You are practicing being a biologist. You're not studying the French language you are becoming a communicator in that language. And I imagine for civics, it's the same thing. You're not just studying here are the rules and procedures. You're practicing how to be a member of a society where you have civic responsibilities. And I think we're living in a time where we're seeing a lot of civicness, <laughs> you know, come to a head, right? In all kinds of different ways, from all kinds of different positions, on the spectrum of, of political views. How do you navigate such a polarized political climate when you're just trying to educate? Because I think we can all agree that everyone has biases, conscious and unconscious. Like how, how are you able to look at iCivics and decide what goes on and what stays on the site? Um, I think that when you get down to the core of anything, it's, it's what's your purpose? What, what are you trying to accomplish? And in civics, there is so much just straightforward information, right? Like how a bill becomes a law is not a partisan conversation. Parties are involved in how a bill becomes a law, but it's not a partisan thing. So what we've worked really hard over 10 years is to kind of see where the content is, see how it could go either way, you know, bias wise, and just keep in that lane in the middle. We do our best to represent different perspectives on issues. In the games, you get to pick your party. We're not going to tell you what party to play for. Um, we create content based on, for example, if you play Win the White House, where you run for president, you run a campaign, you get to pick your party and you get to pick issues based on the platforms from the real party. So we're not making this stuff up, right? This is just delivering the party platforms to the kids to work with. And if you don't like being a straight ticket person, you can be a maverick and pick an issue from the other side because we also don't want to stick you in a lane and keep you there. So we really do try to both let kids engage with ideas 
from both parties and kind of the the political spectrum, but we don't want to get them stuck in one or the other. That's up to them, right? And we respect them as their own agents of um, political thought. Our job is just to help them understand the process, you know what I mean? And the place and how things work so that when they do kind of come to belief systems and kind of fall where they fall, they can know how to use and work within the government systems to affect change to their own desires. What do you have on the site now that is geared towards the election uh, and that can help teachers put that into context for students and get them excited for it? Um, We have a whole election headquarters element on our site because we know that this is our World Cup, right? Every four years, it is our World Cup. If you go to the ICF site, there's just an election headquarters button. And if you go there, we've got a bunch of stuff. So we've got our games. And just as a, you know, I mentioned when the White House, there's also a game called Cast Your Vote. And it's a little less like a point grab game and more of a way to kind of navigate the kind of work you need to do to be an informed voter. So you're in a town election, you're listening to debates, you're deciding what you care about, you're researching the candidates. I know that sounds super, super dry, but it's not, it's fun. Um, And you kind of, at the end, you cast your vote and decide, you know, how aligned was your vote with what you discovered about the candidates and how you felt about those things. So it's really an empowering kind of builder of um, experience. We have executive command where you are the president. So you know, one of my favorite things from a, a field tester student was like, wow, being a president's really hard. <laughs> it really is. And so that game's super fun. On the other side, we have games like Newsfeed Defenders, which really deal with media literacy. This actually has you run your own kind of social media group and you have to decide what posts are valid, invalid, worth sharing, not worth sharing. And so we try to kind of hit the topic from a lot of different angles. And so, for example, newsfeeder defenders could be in an English class just as much as in a civics class. So that's kind of the, the game space. And then we have a ton of lessons, obviously, um, everything from understanding what ballots are and how they're organized and how you would approach them to a mock election, to voting, how it works, who gets to, who doesn't get to, how do you become a voter, campaigning. I mean, we, we really hit a ton of this in our content because if you think about elections, it's not just the president, right? You've got everybody from the president down to the local dog catcher that will be or could be elected. And so it's really important to kind of, I think, empower teachers too, to think about, I can make this super relevant and local if I wanted to, right? And and bring in these, you know, sample ballots or engage with that. So we support that. And then recently, we've really um, gotten into making infographics because, Things that are visual, things that can be made into posters or just like a quick, quickie info dump. We've worked with some great uh, graphic designers and made lots of things about like the 19th Amendment, uh, teaching about impeachment, the roles of the president, uh, the census. So we've got lots of other things that in like campaign cash, um, lots of different things are kind of a quick at a conversational level for teachers and students to use. We've also heard that students are actually bringing this home to their parents, right? And like talking to them about these things. So that's exciting. And some web quests as well. So we've got a ton of stuff there. What I really love too is that you have uh, a section on your website where like it's very geared towards teachers, but you do have a section for family activities, which I think is really amazing because these are conversations that I know that parents want to have with their kids, but maybe aren't super clear on how to start that conversation 
or how to guide that conversation when the kids are younger. And so having those family activities, I think, is a really great idea and really fun. Absolutely. And, you know, the remote learning space that we're in right now really kind of gives parents a lot more opportunity, a lot more burdens too, but like a lot of opportunity that comes with those burdens. And sometimes you've got the moment, but you don't know what to do with that moment. And so we're trying to help you kind of take advantage of the moments that you have. And Amber, that you spoke to earlier, she's kind of our, our, our voice in her face because she's got three amazing children and she really kind of puts it out there and talks to um, parents about what they can do. And then there's a bunch of resources below. So everything from like discussion guides to stuff for younger learners. Cause we do tend to focus on middle to high school, but we've, I know personally that we've got like fourth grade teachers using us. We have parents with second and third graders using some of our materials. So it's really up to the facilitator, right. As to what they want to do with their audience. And I can say as a Canadian living in the States, I've tried to explain the immigration and our visa to my mom like so many times. And I've actually like I've sent her a link to your, your site thing like you may, maybe this will help you understand a little bit more. <laughs> Somebody in their 70s can vouch as much as I'm sure a student can. <laughs> I've had teachers like write in and admit that they were up late playing our games for fun or they just can't beat this particular challenge in a game. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I can help you, friend. It's okay. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> Where do you see the site going next? So you've got games, you talked about the new graphics, there's this shift to helping teachers do, who are doing remote learning. In the future, what do you see iCivics becoming? That's a great question. I think just continuing to invest in the efforts to make the experience best for teachers. So the remote learning through everyone for a loop we designed a lot of our stuff really for face-to-face interactions because the teacher has such a critical role as like the human element of instruction. And I know that's a big struggle for teachers right now is how to like reach through that screen on Zoom and really engage with kids on a personal level. So I think finding ways to modify or just help teachers understand how they can use what we already have to benefit them in a remote learning environment um, is is kind of a both a right now thing and a moving forward thing because who knows what things are going to look like when things when COVID and stuff does slow down. Um, so we have to like both think in the immediate like that remote learning toolkit that all happened in a number of weeks because we knew we had to get a very quick response to the problem for teachers. But moving forward, I think also looking at how our tech can support our content and I personally am jazzed about looking at how to build more empathy in our games and tools, allowing kids to do more exploration with data in that space as well. So there's there's a lot to do <laughs> in looking at equity with an equity lens a little bit more directly, how um, civics can help us understand the world that we're living in today. There's really just everything from small tweaks to lessons to new units to new games to web design stuff is all kind of in the queue. I'll put it that way. You did mention it's a free resource, but there's a lot there. So how are you paying for the development and teachers like you that are helping to develop and promote it? Um, We have been really lucky to have a lot of great investments through philanthropy and a lot of grant writing, (laughs) a lot of hustle. You know, it would probably be easier to sell stuff, but 
we were founded by Justice uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, who's retired, as kind of her big retirement project. So she, at the outset, was like, this has got to be free. you got to reach every kid in America. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you got to make it good. And so, you know, given that that charge, it was really kind of getting this idea across to people that can fund us. And so we've got, I'm working on a project now with the Library of Congress. Um, we've made games funded by the National Endowment for the Humanities. Uh, we've got lots of smaller funders, smaller family foundations and other foundations that basically support better education, right? Support civic knowledge. So if teachers are excited and want to find out more, how do they have these lessons integrated into their curriculum? I would say that we've, you know, we've created this curriculum not as like a block, right? You don't have to wholesale adopt us. Um, and I wouldn't even say the word adoption. Um, when I taught, I Frankensteined literally every lesson for my kids. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess I'll teach, you know, the Greek and Roman myths through this game site. And then I'll teach this through that, you know, through National Geographic or whatever. So I think that we built ourselves with that teacher in mind. But we also provide a scope and sequence to say, hey, if you want to take us on full, you can do that too. But all of our lessons are PDFs that you download right? Simple as can be. And really, like, if you have a textbook chapter that you like, use it. If the next chapter on the legislative branch stinkaroos, use us. You know, like, I basically just say we're, we're there when we you need us. And we provide all of that information on the site. So head over to icivics.org and poke around, play a game or two. Each game also, this is really important for teachers to know too, is that there are support materials, Right. Because I'm not a gamer at heart, yet that's my job. So we create kind of a game guide so teachers know what to expect in a game. We create pre and post discussion questions because really the the learning gets so much stickier if you have a kid play and then we talk about it. Like what was hard? What was easy? What surprised you? So those are kind of ways to pull out deeper learning from kids in any digital experience. So that's on there too. So don't just go to a game. I think that's all we have because there's always teacher files that you can download and engage with. All of our teacher stuff is behind a, a registration wall, but it's totally free. We don't ask you for your firstborn or anything. Just, you know, let us know who you are. And then you have access. Get on uh, Facebook. If you're on Facebook, we have a page. We also have an election headquarters that we're facilitating, which is a group on Facebook. Um, and then on the site itself, if you have questions, throw it in the support communication piece and then like we'll get that and we'll talk to you about your problem, any, any concerns that you have, um, but really explore. In terms of technology access for using this in the classroom, what is the minimum amount of technology that students need to have to play the game? Like, can they play it on a, a phone or an iPad? Do they need a desktop for the games? So far, what we, what we don't serve is the phones. And that's, I guess, another big to-do list for me, right, is our games, when you look at them, they're very visually in involved. There are lots of things to tap and click on. And that's not what a phone game is, really. So um, I would say we do have all of our games on the App Store for free and Google Play. So that's that would, I would say, anything from Chromebooks to PCs, laptops, um, tablets, Androids, you name it. Um, that should work just fine. And some of the bigger phones, you can play just fine. I've got a lot of people using Android phones that are just ridiculously <laughs> large <laughs> their phone and they work just fine. So that I would say is kind of the level that you would need. Our games don't take a huge amount of memory. They load at certain 
uh, points. So unless you have a super old or super low memory machine, you shouldn't have any problem whatsoever. We do have some fillable PDFs too. So teachers can assign some of our things, you know, send kids the PDFs to, to complete. We're working on making that a little bit more uh, fluid. And as far as the teacher goes, like the PDFs are downloadable. You can do with them what you want. If you're in person, print them out. That's how they were originally designed to be used. But a lot of teachers are finding lots of unique ways to apply them in a virtual instruction environment as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking to me and the listeners today, but also just for making this really amazing resource. <laughs> it's a pretty awesome gig to have. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> That was another Mini Meet a Resource episode with Carrie Ray Hill of iCivics, an online collection of lesson plans, interactive games, and digital resources. This episode will not self destruct in five seconds, but will be available along with links to resources we mentioned and information about previous special agents at lessonimpossible.com. And if you like the podcast, please consider forwarding it to your colleagues or reading and reviewing it on your podcast listening app. This has been Lesson Impossible, and I was your host, Aviva Levin.